Welcome to a football show here on the 440 Sports Network. He is Zach Lyons, and I am Braden Gall. We, are, of course, are brought to you by Sinkers Beverages and the Kingston Group. Please, please go share the show. Join into the comment section if you'd like to comment. If you'd like to, there we go. Good job, D. Good, right there uh, on cue. He says, good to have you back, Zach. So nobody talks shit about you the way they did about me when you were gone, so I was kind of disappointed in that, but... It is what it is. I'm okay with it. I'm comfortable in my own skin. So lots to discuss today on the show. Brought to you, of course, by Sinkers Beverages. Sign up for the in-crowd in East Nashville. They will take care of you. Got some cool stuff coming for you guys in the month of September uh, as it pertains to both Sinkers Beverages and their sister location up in Hendersonville, Bluegrass. Uh, two of the best liquor stores in town, so go check them out. Uh, okay, also, uh, Kingston Group, buildkg.com. You know the deal. Any questions about your house, give them a call. We'll tell you more about those guys coming up in just a second we will discuss zach i don't know about your friend your friend groups or your group chats or your group threads like so many different machinations of the messy conversation in nashville like there's so many different ways to define it and different parameters and nobody is i feel like nobody is defining it i feel like if you just say the word biggest then that that, i don't think that does anybody any good in in this kind of a conversation and what I found in my, I don't know about with you and your buddies, but like with me and my friends, it was sort of like, if this is the definition, then here's where it falls. If this is the definition, right. then here's where it falls. If we're talking about this, <laughs> then it goes here. And so it's just sort of how you decide to define it. And I think you have to kind of do that before you discuss what we saw on, on Saturday night. I did not, in fact, sell my tickets. I kept my two tickets for $33, took the wife, and one of the coolest moments I've ever had as a sports fan in Nashville. I, I kept checking the ticket prices. I wanted to go so bad, but I wasn't going to pull you know, for $300 or $400 to go because that's just for one ticket. And right. you know, right. I'm it's a, it's a me and Lauren thing at this point, so it's kind of like the Preds. You know, We can go without each other, the Preds. That's okay because there's schedule conflicts and stuff, but like on a Saturday – it's us going to the Preds. So on a well, Saturday or Sunday, it's us going to Nashville SC. Yeah. And I just couldn't pull the, pull the, I tried to yeah. enter all these competitions and all this <laughs> stuff. And I tried, well, no, I tried it, to get it, there. It makes sense because even my wife, who's not a huge soccer fan, but loves going to the games, loves going to Jodis. Even she was like, Oh yeah, you're not taking one of the kids. You're not taking one of your buddies. I'm go- I want to see Messi. I'm going. Like it's just, so she was very clear. And again, it's, it's sort of like sitting at the poker table. Like you can't be pot committed we were basically zero pot committed. And so it's like, we could have sold them for a couple hundred bucks or we could have gone to the match and we decided to go to the match and it was worth every penny. We'll get to, we'll get to try, we'll, we'll try to figure out where it ranks in the pantheon of, a, and again, on like a bunch of different lists. Cause you have to define those lists in different ways. So we'll get to that a little bit later on, obviously a preseason win against Minnesota games and practice two very different weeks for the Tennessee Titans, a great week of practice going into the Bears game. Not so much on the field. Uh, a, a, a great week of practice for the Vikings game. Not so much on the field, although they ran the ball like crazy. We'll get to what took place. We did not have a chance. Why? Yeah, we did not have a chance to talk about Will Levis injury that took place as we were on the air last week. Not a lot to discuss about the injury specifically, but what does it mean for the backup quarterback competition and the development of both guys? Obviously, practice this week canceled against the Patriots, which is a huge bummer because of the Isaiah Bolden injury in the Packers-Patriots game. Uh, I think the Texans uh, canceled their joint practice, too, with the Saints. Entirely different situation. They're just like, we 
we're just kind of tired. So we don't feel like we want to do it. Like the Texans are just straight up being lazy, which is very odd for D'Amico Ryan. I wouldn't, I'll say this. I don't know D'Amico Ryan's behind the scenes, but from the outside looking in, I find that entirely yeah. an odd thing to propose because it's a Texans driven thing. So we do have some news in particular with the AFC South as it pertains to some of the rookie quarterbacks, but there's a larger conversation about how to handle rookie quarterbacks. The Titans actually are in a very luxurious position as it pertains to this conversation, but the Colts have made a decision. The Texans look like they're close. The Panthers are doing it a different way than everybody else. We've talked on the show, the chiefs play all their players. We talked last week about what the, what the Titans should do. And I mentioned that Harold Landry, I think should play. There's a chance he could play on Friday against the Patriots. So we'll get into sort of the drive, you know, a couple of hits, a couple tackles. Well, yeah, like, like bump into somebody one time and then get off the field. So we'll, we'll get to sort of, and then Thursday we'll have a chance to go a little deeper into that, but we'll take a look at the quarterbacks, the rookies in the NFL, especially in the AFC South. And obviously we have to talk about the game against Minnesota. So I guess we can get started there. Um, I, I think, I guess I just want to start with, because you wrote about this, stackingtheinbox.com, of course. Please go check that out. F-Words Pod coming out later this week. I, I guess I'll, st- I don't love starting with, with Malik Willis, but I guess we can start there just because I want to ask you very straightforward. Did the performance add any confidence to his development? Did it take away? Do you feel like he made progress from week one to week two? Just sort of very bluntly, what what was your, how did you feel watching? I don't, I don't know if he, if you can measure Malik Willis's confidence because he's so oblivious and just happy to be there. Like, I mean, is he, is he a little mad that, you know, he probably had some throws that he would like back? Sure. But is that going to shake, shake his confidence to the core? Probably not. I don't, I don't, he just doesn't have that. I, it, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I just don't see a drive personified, out on the field or out in public. Maybe there's this hit and drive that we don't see. I just don't feel like the confidence level thing is, isn't really the question, but the question to me is, did he do himself any favors during his time in the eyes of the staff? I don't think so. I mean, no. I, I mean, here's the thing. I don't understand the picking and choosing of what Vrabel said yesterday. Vrabel was asked, three different times about Malik on Sunday's press conference. I don't know if you've had a chance to watch it. The first one is very, a coach speak response. The second one is a, okay, we looked at the film. There's a lot that he's got to work on. I'm pretty upset that he did this. I'm upset that he didn't see this. You could tell in the change in demeanor. And then the last question is kind of like, yeah, he's grown and like, kind of like a, you know, it's, it's almost like a loop. It's like, okay, I I negged you, gave you negative comments here, but now I'm going to give you some positive comments. And to me, I I didn't get to really talk about it. I got to write about it, but I thought the Bears' performance showed what I saw written about him all through training camp up to that point. The, gl- the glaring improvements, if you will. And then I saw old Malik Willis, except for I saw old Malik Willis, who is living up to his athletic standards like that to me is like, OK, well, maybe if if fast Malik Willis and athletic Malik Willis was there in the Kansas City game or any of these other games, maybe they wouldn't have brought in Josh Dobbs. Maybe they thought they could at least made it to the playoff. But that guy didn't show up. Yeah. So to me, I don't think 
if anything, it's like it, what's weird is like week one, Malik Willis, I thought pulled ahead of Will Levis. Now, not by a lot, but I thought that he pulled ahead of Will Levis. Week two, I feel like he's fallen behind Will Levis. <laughs> and Will Levis like, didn't, I mean, didn't and even And he play. didn't even play. So, <laughs> right. I mean, to me, it's kind of, it's wild. That is the Malik Willis roller coaster that has to stop. I do not want to ride yeah, 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 yeah. Willis roller coaster. Which to me says he's not there, but I don't think that's earth shattering stuff. So a lot of comments on this in, in the comments there. Joshua says Titans are only in an advantageous situation if you believe that these two quarterbacks can be the guys moving forward. But if you don't believe that, then the Titans are in an unenviable situation. I Look, Rank Carthon doesn't draft Will Levis 33 overall and trade up to get him if he doesn't think he's the guy. So you have to sort of whatever they you know, you can think whatever you think. And Zach, you and I can think whatever we want to think. But at the end of the day. Rand Carthon is has told you that he believes Will Levis is the guy. He didn't draft Malik, and he traded up for Will. Um, Chianti says, and I hope they say that right, don't think that it added or took away, just remained in stasis. That's kind of how I feel is that it just sort of I, – But I you've saw, also been a little low. You you To you, Will Levis has is kind of already quarterback too by I think a small so, yeah. margin, and this didn't yeah. really change your opinion. But for those of us that may have thought that Malik Willis was going to take advantage of a – prime opportunity to show that he could be consistent he just didn't do that and to me that drops you down yeah. that 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 we'll get to that in a second sort of my analysis is going to start with that but uh qc hawk says hey at least he led the league in ttt which i believe is time to throw so far through two preseason games in the wrong way i'll get to that in a second i know you've tweeted about this as well um and so i think here here's my my old my ultimate takeaway is i i Number one, if you know you're going, I think it is an invaluable opportunity mentally to know that you're going to play an entire preseason game mm-hmm. at quarterback. I just think that that is, you you are going to be more relaxed. You're going to be more, frankly. Well, if you he knew to, at the end of Thursday, right? I mean, like right. you kind of know right. that at the end of Thursday, you are playing the whole game. Right. But if you are more likely to take the check down, you're more likely to throw it away when you're supposed to. You're not pressing to make a bunch of plays in your one series if, if you know that you've got the whole entire game. So number one, he should have been in a very stable mental place going into the game. And while I, while there was some nice runs in the second half against like guys that are not going to play in the NFL. And I don't, I don't love saying that, but it is the facts that I still saw all the same little tiny things that keep him from being a starting quarterback in the NFL. And it's, there was one in there that I think Chig should have caught for sure over the middle. There's no question about that. I think the first one I think Chig should have caught. He should have caught both of them. But, but but the second one was was Malik doing what Malik does and as making an easy throw more difficult for himself and more difficult for his basket. Yes. And That's on the Josh whole, Wiley, by the way, as right. well. Exactly. It was a little high and a little hot and a little outside. Not a terrible throw, but a little bit off. Right. So, like, it's off. Hang on. The throw to NWI was atrocious. Oh, it's so bad. Atrocious throw with a clean pocket. Mm -hmm. He drops, puts the ball on the ground for the third time in two two games with about, I think it's about 50 or 60 dropbacks total, 42 pass attempts. He's completing 61% of his passes. He's thrown an interception in both games. He, he, there are moments where he looks like he has learned to take the drop, go through the reads, throw it over the middle. And they're clearly working with him on throwing it over the middle because what he did at Liberty was go outside the hash a lot and down the field, and they're working on how to read the middle. And he's done a little bit better job of reading it, being a little bit more in timing. But again, he's now dropped. He's put the ball on the ground three times in two games. He's turned the ball over twice. 
He should have thrown it away on the on the sack fumble, by the way, too, that he picked mm-hmm. it up and then ran around. Yes. He had time to throw it away. Like, I don't know what he's doing there. And then every throw that could be great just isn't. It's just a little off. And, and I don't routine throws, right? Like, that's the thing to me is that he's not having being asked to be Patrick Mahomes in this system where you're doing some crazy like last minute gasp for, you know, a play to happen. He's just got to do the basics and he can't do the basics. Like to me, you know, they talk about layering throws with Will Levis constantly, right? And getting the right speed, not throwing fastballs. That's the same thing with, with Malik Willis. If you think about these, the think about the second chick drop in quotation marks. Um, it is a drop. That that one's on Willis in my mind. Yeah. And, and it's, I, to me, it's like, it's, that's a, that's a catch a tight end of Chig's caliber should catch, but it's only difficult to catch because it's being thrown a hundred miles an hour when it doesn't have to be. If he would have changed his throw speed, layered it in there, it would have landed right where it was supposed to. He has no concept of when to let off the gas and when to keep it on full throttle. And it's, 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 it's maddening to watch. And I see, the improvements, right? Sure. And now the people who said, well, Zoli's going to take Malik Willis one year. What's it going to take Malik Willis two years? Well, what's it going to be next year? I mean, where is his ceiling at this point in your mind if it's taking him to year three right. to get there? My thing is, and I've said it over and over again, and I'm going to say it one more time. Let's say you have a new puppy. He's not housebroken. He keeps shitting in your house twice a day. <laughs> After a week or so, you have him only shit in your home once daily. That's an improvement, but that puppy is still shitting in your fucking house. Yeah, you gotta and put it outside. That, that is that is what Malik Wills is doing when he's on the when he's on the field. Yeah, it's good, but it's still not good enough. And in the context of what this quarterback battle needs to be, the conversation around this quarterback battle needs to be not who is the backup quarterback, who wins the backup quarterback job in 2023, to who wins the fucking quarterback job right now to set up for 2024 and 2025 and 2026. Right. right. So I guess that's, and, and it's sound, I, even I feel sometimes like I'm being hard on him Yeah. in, in general, because I do, it is, it's, it's a, it's a mind fuck dude, because you see his talent just dripping mm-hmm. the athleticism, the speed that, that run down the right sideline where he gets away and, and did take his time to go through the route, but then finally breaks it off. And just like, by the time he and the guy hit the corner, he's like four, he just, he's just like extending the gap between he, and the guy who's chasing him, you see the arm talent. And, and and but again, like taken in its whole in year preseason game two, in year two, after getting starts in the NFL as a rookie, he's a 61% passer with more touchdowns than interceptions, six and a half yards per, per attempt. More interceptions than touchdowns, right? Uh, sorry, what did I say? I meant you to say more say interceptions. You flipped it, but yeah. Sorry, more interceptions than touchdowns. Three times he put the ball on the ground, six sacks. And 6.5 yards per attempt, which is not particularly great, and the slowest <laughs> and the slowest throw time in the NFL. There is that that sounds like I'm being hard on him, but you just when facts. you but when you put it all together, I agree with you. This should not be viewed as it's sure. If you want to, in the short term, say who's the best to in a short period of time be a backup quarterback this year for Tannehill, we can have that conversation. I, but, I would say Will Levis, but I'll but get Will, to that in a second. I agree. I completely agree. Will Will Levis, and and I think I can't remember who asked. Zach asked if you. That's if, exactly what I was going to say. If Will Levis had the same opportunity to play in a full game, 
would he have shown more than than Willis did? I think the answer is my 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 personal belief is the answer is yes. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think the answer is yes. And it is not about Malik Willis being a starter in the NFL for the Titans next year. It is about Will Levis becoming the starter for the Titans next year in the NFL. And in that sense, we missed a great opportunity to see him get some reps in a preseason game, and that's unfortunate. He also looked pretty limber during warm-up, so I, I assume he's going to play on Friday. I would hope that he gets some reps on Friday because it it looked At like this he point, was. I would prefer him to get all the reps. I, I don't. I don't mind that. I don't. I don't mind that. So I I want to talk about the offensive line and the receivers and linebackers and the running backs and all this other stuff. Um, but I do. I think again, go check. Go to uh, stackingtheinbox.com and you'll see sort of the lens with which you're supposed to view this battle. I don't. Willis was given a primo opportunity and did a lot of the same things we've seen from him for a year and a half now. And I think that's, that's a concern. If you are rooting for Malik Willis to be the quarterback, you shouldn't be looking at these guys really because they were both drafted with the intent of developing into a franchise quarterback of some level of some, maybe, you know, we we know that Will Levis is going to go very far at this point. If you, if you're still holding on hope to the Will Levis or sorry, to the Malik Willis train, I I think you're just being too delusional because he's a nice guy. And I and I and I get it. Sometimes it's just hard to root against and I'm not really rooting against them. I've said all along, they're in a great spot if one of these guys will just come in and take the job. Right. And right. Malik Willis cannot do it. He, there's never been a time when Will Levis is on the field when he's got the ball in his hands that I feel like he is the best player on the field. Malik Willis. Malik Willis. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. You keep but, they are very similar. To be fair, they're very similar names. Yeah. But Malik fair. Willis has never felt like the best player on the field. And when you're getting into the third and fourth quarter of a preseason game and Willis is still struggling against third and four stringers, he is the guy with his talent that – at that point in time in the preseason in the third and fourth quarter, you need to be the best player on the field despite your surroundings because you yep. are you were drafted in mind with being a franchise quarterback. And he is not. And I I saw Will Levis go down the field in two-minute drills and one-minute drills during the Bears and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, man, he's right there. He's just got to learn. That, that guy's got to <laughs> learn and get some reps in. And that was so devastated that he couldn't play. I, I think at this point, if the Titans were to play Will Levis all game on Friday, I'd be perfectly okay with it. And I think you would see a considerably better offense than with Malik Willis yeah. at the helm that you saw versus the Vikings. So I, I want to get into the offensive line here in a second. Because yeah. I, I, I kind of came away large. There's a few players that I really liked on, on Saturday. I went back and rewatched it on, on Sunday. I... Uh, there's a few players I really liked, but I came away largely negative, and I'll get to a couple more of those points in, in a second. Not not overreacting here, but just a couple of points that I thought were concerning. Uh, but let's let, let's uh, promote our wonderful and amazing sponsors first. Uh, by the way, Sinkers Beverages, of course, uh, in East Nashville, record. Uh, the, wait, what did I say? Record? No, the the reigning the reigning right. best liquor store in Nashville in 2022. Um, go sign up for the in crowd. All kinds of really cool opportunities as it pertains to sort of allocations and fancy bourbons and liquors that they're going to throw out there for you guys. And their sister store in Hendersonville, Bluegrass, which is the title sponsor of football and other F-words, there's going to be a mini beer fest Saturday, September 2nd at Bluegrass Beverages, 8 to 10 beer breweries that are going to be available there 
almost all local breweries. They're going to provide tastings of all those different types of beers across their whole portfolio, as they say, Zach. Food trucks, TVs to watch college football, all kinds of fun stuff. There's more stuff coming, but they've got a whole month celebrating their 50th anniversary up there in Hendersonville. So you're going to want to be around. I promise you, we got some more stuff planned for you as well. We want to, you guys are going to want to be around Saturday, September 2nd. That's the first Saturday of college football coming up in two weeks. Uh, going to be a really cool event. So make sure you're out there. Just put it on your, on your calendar. If you're up in on, on the North side of town, going to be a lot of good food, a lot of good beer and it's for free. So just go on up there and check it out. Uh, Kingston group build is the website. Nashville's locally owned custom home and remodeling firm. You guys know the drill, you know, the deal, you know what we tell you to do, which is just call them, have a conversation before you make any big decisions, doing any renovations. You're going to buy us, buy a house. You're going to sell a house. You want to make sure you kind of get their stamp of approval on your plan. Just talk to them. They'll, they'll help you through the plan. And, and even if you don't use them, they'll make sure you find somebody that can help you or, or help you through the process. So I, I guarantee you they're they're They'll take care of you. So go check them out. Okay. So there, there are certainly Zach, some very positive players that we can talk about. Tajay Spears, Caleb Murphy, you know, we're, we're going to get to those names, but I want to ask about the offensive line because even on the biggest, best, baddest, awesomest highlight reel play, which is the Tajay Spears 33 yard touchdown where he jumps over a a former first round pick in Lewis scene who was, was on film. One of the worst tackling efforts I've seen from a, from a first round safety up in a long time. I know he's coming back from injury. It was a well-blocked play and Tajay Spears was spectacular. Mm -hmm. There was also a linebacker number 40. If you watch the tape who completely junior, who completely took himself out of the play for no reason at all. Otherwise, if that's Levante David or a health, you know, like peak of their career, Bobby Wagner, a starting middle linebacker and a good defense meets Tajay Spears right in the hole before Leas Lewis scene even gets there. So I don't think while it was a spectacular play and I do think Tajay Spears is going to be great. I want to know what you think of the offensive line because they did a good job on that play. They also got lucky that the middle linebacker just took himself out of the play altogether. Uh, I I've been perfectly pleased uh, with the offensive line, to be honest with you. And I think the, as the game goes on, the stats show that the, the offensive line depth versus the depth of the defenses that they face, they, they hold up very well. I mean, if you go back to 2022, every sack quarterback hit and quarterback pressure from week one increased in week two in the preseason. So that means as the game goes on, they got worse and it showed. I mean, I I remember last year just being so fed up with the offensive line. And in 2023, as the game goes on week, week one was not great. Week two, they got exponentially better in week one. They allowed six sacks, two quarterback hits and 13 quarterback pressures in. This is just the offensive line. You're not, and you're talking about the whole game, not the whole game, just the the whole game. Okay. Yeah. Week two, it's one zero and seven. So they go from six sacks to one sack allowed. And that was Corey Levin from two quarterback hits to zero quarterback hits. And from 13 quarterback pressures to seven quarterback pressures. That is tremendous improvement. And that is as the game goes on. Now, the offensive lines did play a lot more. The starting did. And they should have. They should have came back out and played a little bit, a couple more drives and get a little bit more there. I, I think the offensive line isn't going to be the issue that everybody has penciled it in to be. Um, 
but that doesn't mean that they're not going to have their issues. But I don't think it's going to be as bad as people think as the year progresses and goes on. Because, I mean, Peter Skaronsky looks good. Aaron Brewer looks great and comfortable as a center. Daniel Brunskill's out there throwing blocks around. They got to figure out what to do with the right tackle. I think it's got to be just or Jamal Mur. Wait, is Jamal or Justin now? Justin, Justin, yeah, Justin Murray. We got two Murrays on the team, and I don't like it. Justin Murray's got to be the right tackle, and not I Chris think, Hubbard. No, no, Chris Hubbard's just get too. He's not. He's not built for it. He's got too short of arms. Um, I think that you put in. Uh, you, I think Andre Dillard will be fine. I'm not too concerned with it. I'm just. Mm. I think they've done pretty well throughout this preseason even even when the backups get in the the bears game was just a a, a weird mess the bears were playing like they thought it was the, the this fucking super bowl last week i was like man these guys are really going after the the in a preseason game uh and listen the vikings there was no daniel hunter uh for them i mean most of their starters were out but the the stats See, reflect this- that though the stats See, reflect that. Yeah, they went three and out in their first two drives. Didn't get a push at all, in my opinion. Uh, Skaronsky got torched on first down in the first drive. Uh, they did a good job on that one play, but if you look at the first three drives, which are the three drives they played, they played 15 snaps, 12, 13 the week before. So they played about the same amount of time from a snap perspective. I, I agree with kind of almost everything you're saying. They were going up against a Bears team that is far less talented, and they looked. I thought they looked better the week before against Chicago. And they weren't playing against the best Vikings players, and they did not get much push at all in the first two drives. Willis didn't do him any favors. They didn't get the yeah. Big that's play. the thing is like you can only hold I, up I, for so long, and Willis is just too scared. I agree, and I know this is good to go back on Willis for a second, but no, no, no. I've never gonna, seen a, I've never seen a quarterback so scared to step up into a clean pocket. I true. I, I want to stay with the line here because we just spent yeah. twenty minutes on Willis. But that I, is, I, I but that is part of it, right? Like, I mean, it, he, it is. They're providing him clean lines on the passing play. Now the run plays, yeah. I mean, until the uh, until like the left tackle. I want to say it was like second and nine, maybe, and like the third drive, and they went they went left. They actually r- ran the ball to the left, and and Spears kind of wiggles up, and then he goes to the outside, and he actually kind of carries the pile, gets about seven or eight yards, makes it a third down and manageable. They did not I, like on the first five or six running plays. I don't think they got any push a yard downfield. I, I don't give a shit about run blocking. Uh, that's that's year. fair. That's fair. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I mean, that's just where I'm at. Like, I think Derrick Henry can mask a lot of that stuff, and I think when DeAndre Hopkins is on the field and Ryan Tannehill's in the game, a lot of that stuff will change. I'm only concerned about pass blocking. That is what is holding this team back from doing anything in the NFL. Is their pass blocking? So I, I agree that that should be the focus and the fact that it was better that the better from snap one to the end of the fourth quarter, that there's better depth, maybe that they're developing some guys behind them. That's fine. I still have questions about the starting five. I thought the third drive, they looked pretty good. But again, even on the big highlight reel play that they did a good job on. It was mostly the the defensive linebacker that made the huge mistake. And then Tajay Spears did what you're supposed to do when you're an electric athlete. You be an electric athlete. <laughs> but the they hole, they also did the guy. They also did their assignments well. Like true. That's just that's just a wrong diagnosing problem. But they every offensive lineman picked up the man that they were supposed to pick up. Brewer, I thought, was the best of the entire group. I, I thought. Oh, I, I, I was would, fantastic. Uh, he was he was he was outstanding, and that yeah. is a good sign. 
he Brewer has not been the issue on this team, in my opinion, no. either game. No, and that's a good sign for this team that they have. Because that was a big concern, right? Oh, is he going to get pushed around? Or is he going to do this? Is he going to do that? Two weeks in a row, he's done exactly what has been asked of him and what's been, to me, a real promising start for the offensive line. I think it's a lot better. You know, when you get Zach Johnson in there and then, it, you know, Jalen Duncan against the Bears, that's where all these pressures and sacks come right, from, right. right? So, really, the starting offensive line has done a, a well-balanced job through two weeks, and you want to see that continue through week three and obviously carry over to the offseason. I don't think it's been as bad as – to me, and I'm, I'm interested to ask, Mike, I don't think the offensive line has looked as bad as what people expected it to look. Again, I, it's the preseason, yeah, but I, think, I do I, I do think they have looked better than I think what people expected. I think I would agree that they are slightly better than what I expected. I came in with fairly low expectations, so I would agree that that they have been better. The the first drive last week and then the third drive this week, I thought they they were better than what they played like last year. That's also a starting five versus like I don't know like you know t- minus your top four guys last right. year or whatever. So it it shouldn't look like that ever. It's also to your point. It's also preseason. I just think that here's my message: if you're a Titans fan and you're cautiously optimistic by what you've seen, and you want to start to maybe be a little bit more bought in on what this group could be this year, I'm okay with that. I am not there yet. I'm in wait and see mode. I I need to see it in a very, very reps driven offensive line roster. And what I mean by that is, I feel like the more time that they get together, the like that's why I'm really. I'm bummed that the Patriots are not going to be lining up against them in, in this week's practices, you know, get them a couple of reps and everything. Cause for the most part, I think that really helps going up against something you're unfamiliar with. Cause that's what you're going to be going up against every, each and yeah. every week. And, and so and- like, I feel like some of these players that step into the game, they get better as the game goes on. And I feel like that's, that's for everybody in the offensive line. But when you're the starting offensive line, that's going to be a good thing because you got one game under your belt. Now you go into practice and you get another game under your belt. Yeah. And those reps are going to compound I, very quickly for this team. I, I think young players are going to miss the fact that there's a no joint practice this week mm-hmm. against the Patriots. I think the offensive line is going to miss it. And AVing says the O-line held up well in joint practices. That's not what I heard. I, that is not what I was told about. Well, Daniel, well, in one oh ones, Daniel Hunter feasted. And that's and hard he, to yeah. yeah. And he also made some noise, but from I don't know who you heard that from, but from the reports online, it started off really bad and then it got better as the week went on. And that's that's how I took it. It's like it started off bad and everybody's panicking and then it got better with each and every day. And that's why I think this is just gonna be a reps driven team. The more reps this team gets together, the better. That- that may be totally true. I was told basically that the first day of practice Wednesday was terrible. Thursday was slightly better. And then they don't practice on Friday. So it was the two yeah. days. Well, that's what I heard. They, they, yeah. And and it was, but again, getting beat and then slightly better, not a great week of practice, but all the reps are, is all that matters. Getting I asked the Vikings together. how they, how they got beat and they got beat and they got beat at the game as well. So yeah, they got beat three times. <laughs> so I, I want to make a broad statement and then just, it might not be anything. And I need you guys to like confirm whether or not I'm kind of crazy or not, because only one defensive starter play that was TR tart, obviously after getting tossed out of practice, he didn't, he, he was, and like Mike Vrabel has been open about, Hey, we need to make sure he's in, in shape and, and conditioned. 
that he played. He sure, and looked, hell, he sure as hell looked like he was in condition. And looked great in the game. I, am I crazy? But starting on the very first drive, I thought there were a lot of open dudes for Minnesota the entire game. First it, drive it, against it the second bad. stringer, second drive, third drive, second quarter, third quarter, four. Lots of open dudes. Lots of open guys. And again, I, I think, no starters. Yeah. So. Well, I, you know, Mike Brown had a really good game last week, and so did Chance Campbell. And while Mike Brown didn't take as big a step back as the game started out, because the game started out, a lot of people were screaming at the linebackers, but that was really Mike Brown on a couple of those plays that had his assignment was the running back that was catching those passes out of the, I think his name was Nick uh, something as well, Nick Muse, if I'm not mistaken. That guy that was catching passes, that was actually Mike Brown following him. Uh, the linebackers are a problem <laughs> without Aziz Al Shire in there. Uh, the broadcast doesn't seem to think so. Look at all this depth we've got of all these yeah. very below average middle linebackers. You know, they're Aziz Al Shire may help be able to mask some of that, but to me, I'm thinking, you know, I thought Chance Campbell took a step back, he did not have his best game. I didn't think Jack Gibby had a good game. Mike Brown didn't have a good game. I thought Trey Avery had a pretty okay game. I mean, there were right. there were some bright spots, but I thought that the defense overall, if it wasn't for Tierra Tart, I think the Vikings would have blown that ass out of the water. Like, <laughs> I think that's how good Tierra Tart was in that particular start of the game, that he bought yeah, the Titans yeah. a lot of time. It's, it's so hard because, like, if you go, man – Justin Jefferson's going to be out there with Kirk Cousins. You're like, oh, fuck. But, like, you're also going to go, well, we didn't have, you know, any starter in the secondary. So, like, it's right. hard. It's so hard to analyze it. I, I do think Caleb Murphy made a great case for himself. Two more sacks. This is a guy from Ferris State that led the, broke the NCAA record, 25 and a half sacks, extremely productive, showed a lot of really bursty moves, had a sack the week before. Yeah, I don't like know if he's on the four. roster. I don't know if he's on the roster yet, but I think he's he's getting there. Um, so I do want to ask you if there's any particular player that you think has won their way onto the team, like Julius Chestnut. Did he, has he won oh, his okay. way? Well, get offense. Onto, yeah, <laughs> we, we can go. We can go through the whole thing real fast, and I can go real quickly if you want. I can kind of say, what do you think? I, um, Julius Chestnut is for sure making this team, okay. and they're only keeping three running backs, and that is Derrick Henry, Tajay Spears, and Julius Chestnut. And I'll give you a little little glimpse of what I think is going to be a controversial take. No. Is that I think yep. the Titans are keeping five tight ends. Okay, so that gets us to Chig, Wesco, and Wiley, I think, are on the team. Uh, and as Easton just mentions, Thomas Odukaya, uh, clearly the dude from was just awesome in the run game uh, against Minnesota. Uh, rarely missed a... If you want Alizé another... Mack was the fullback on the Tajay Spears run, who probably is the guy that should have gotten your linebacker, maybe. Uh, in his Maybe assignment, right. but you know, here's the thing nobody's talking about it. And I just came to this conclusion yesterday, may have been the beer talking. This team has zero fullbacks, and if two, you keep they have two tight ends that can do that, <laughs> right? So, what I'm saying is, you have three running backs, five tight ends that is eight, and they can't kept including a fullback right. of right. that caliber eight last year. I'm just well, saying, so, who's, I so think you think Mac is? Guys, the Who's the but fifth yeah, tight end? Yeah. yeah, I think Kevin Raider's out. Okay, because I, I I think Mac was really really impressive for most of. Uh, many I think camp it's Thomas Oduka. Oduka, I can't ever fucking say his name. I, that's why I just I'm gonna call him 
Thomas Odu. Thomas yeah, Odu. Uh, Thomas Odu and Elise Mack are both going to make this team. Okay. I, I'm um, thinking it's five five tight ends, man. Reggie and Roberson. Is a fullback. Reggie Roberson. Number six. You keeping six receivers? I don't know what I'm doing. I don't think Reggie Roberson yeah. has done enough. Um, you know, a lot of this dictates, you know. Kyle Phillips injury, by the way, might be yeah. a factor in all of this. Kyle Phillips, T- Kiaris Jackson, because really, if you're talking about a guy that has looked on, has looked, who has carried momentum into the preseason games, that to me, it's Kiaris Jackson. Like, he carries the momentum over. Reggie Roberson has yet to carry the momentum over. Um, yeah. I think that, you know, Racy McMath, he's not good in practice, but maybe he's good in the games, but it's only in preseason that he's ever good and he can't hardly stay up. So maybe you weren't, he is a non factor to me. Odukoya. Odukoya is how you pronounce it, apparently, according to Easton. I appreciate the uh, phonetics. I will there. never remember it. So that was a wasted uh, data. Odukoya. <laughs> Odukoya. So I think what's interesting, and you weren't here for Monday show, but, but the top four snap getters from last week were were uh, Colton Dow, Racy McMath, Mason Kinsey, and Reggie Roberson, which we were we discussed on Monday, are the four guys for one spot in last week's preseason game. Well, now you've got a Phillips and a Burks injury that took place during the week and then during the game. You've got Dow injured as well, didn't play in the game. And so is does Kiaris Kinsey, Jackson got injured. Kiaris Jackson gets injured. So now it's sort of like, I just think it's a little bit more wishy-washy. I still think Roberson's the best player. McMath is the one they want the most. Maybe Dow's in there as well with the size, but Kinsey might. I can't believe I'm saying this, but if Phillips is a little banged up, and why? Why do you? I I think that's very racist. I think it's racist that people (laughs) think that because Kyle Phillips is suddenly injured that they're suddenly going to bring in Mason Kinsey. Listen, Mason Kinsey had a better preseason in 2021. Okay. He had, and everybody's like, oh, he's the leading receiver. He was the leading receiver in 2021. And guess what? He didn't fucking make the team then. The tight Tennessee Titans had the had horrid injury luck in 2021 and 2022. And they did everything they could to avoid calling up Mason Kinsey. They signed guys like CJ Board, Chris Conley, and Josh Gordon because they did not want Mason Kinsey. And Kyle right. Phillips missed all of last year. Mason Kinsey's not making this fucking team. Okay. And it's not just you that's saying it. This has driven me mad because it is like it's just because they're both white. That no, is the I, only reason. No, that people God, get, think the, this. get the fuck out of here. You you want to accuse other people of that? That's fine. I'm saying that if you don't have Phillips or Burks and Ro- and Roberson has done- Burks, why is everybody assuming Burks is not going to play? I'm, I the, the the word if is in the sentence, Zach. So take a yeah. deep breath here. I, I, I Kinsey uh, plays. Why the slot. Ha, why didn't Kinsey ever play last year? I, listen, I am not. I I'm with you. I even it's even my sentence happen. even my sentence was: Is it even possible that Mason Kinsey could be the guy? Because they don't no, like him. At, they don't possible. like him as a NFL player. They love him as a practice squad player. Right. They don't like him as an NFL player. But if Burks is hurt, which he is right now, if Phillips some if this thing lingers longer for Phillips, Roberson hasn't distinguished himself. McMath can't practice well, but he's a decent special teams player. Dowell's injured. At some point, Jackson's injured. At some point, they they need people. Yeah, they'll just go out and sign him like they did last year. <laughs> and and maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. But I think Ken, Kinsey's one of the few guys that I think could run the plays that Kyle Phillips does. Maybe Roberson could do that too. I let me say so. something. I don't know that he can. And here's why: because if you listen to Mike Vrabel's press conference on Sunday, he mentions that when he's targeted, he's doing everything right. So when he's not targeted, it's yeah. the stuff he's got to work on. And that's right. not well. That's why he's not made it there. 
your Kyle Phillips replacement is Chris Moore. Like if you're looking for the guy that's going to play the majority of your slot snaps, it's going to be Chris Moore. NWI is your Traylon Burks or DeAndre Hopkins replacement. That right. is how it's that's how it's going to roll. To me, they're more likely if these injuries are bad, they're more likely to go and sign someone that's cut than promote Mason Kinsey to the 53 for long-term. Maybe they just keep him on the 53, then sign someone, then cut him, you know, before the first practice, yeah, yeah. you know, something like that. And, and in a perfect world, it's Burks and Phillips and more and NWI. And, yeah, and, and you got to remember, they still take up a roster spot unless they get put on yeah. IR or something like that. Here's Here's my big thing on this Kyle Phillips thing, though. I've always hated the idea that he's going to be their punt returner. That is not a value that he brings. Name me another, name me, I bet you can't even name me five teams that have the top three wide receiver on their team be the the, the punt returner or kick returner. You'd have to probably Google it to find it. No, I, would, probably not. I know I've seen Tyler Lockett. I'm sure, I'm sure there's a like handful. Nico Hardman, but, but it's a yeah, handful. Yeah. The Titans doing that with a guy that's already kind of like, unstable which by the way with the worst punt coverage team of the preseason so far punt and kick returning and all this stuff that coverage atrocious craig ackerman that mike vrabel told ren carthon go out and find me a returner in a press conference and he has not done that we gotta <laughs> bring that up someone get this kyle phillips should not be returning funds he should barely be playing in these games i think it's ridiculous that he was even in there and now he's gotten injured because chris moore missed a block all right, I want to move. I want to move quickly here because I wanted to. We I wanted to talk rookie quarterbacks and um, sort of Nashville sporting events here. Any of these guys? Uh, Jaden Peavy earned. Is he on the roster? Is he earned a spot? More than likely, I haven't. I'm okay. not really ready for this kind of a question. Okay, uh, I think Chance Campbell probably has. Uh, well, yeah, they just need bodies at this point, right? I'm curious if you know Eric Gar uh, maybe Mike Brown maybe you've got Josh Thompson made some plays on special teams. Caleb Murphy is the most interesting one to me. Is if you want to keep him. As an outside linebacker, uh, Sam Okuya, you know, either he moves Sam up okay. to the, Sam OK goes to the off defensive line or down at outside linebacker. I don't know if those get Naquan Jones. I don't I know think if Caleb Murphy makes it before him, but I'm a little skeptical of this Caleb Murphy hype yeah, train. Yeah. I don't think early. I'm ready to get on it. I'm, I think I yeah. feel like I'm feeling like we're in Sam Roberson territory. I'm just not ready to get on yeah. it yet. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Like he didn't have a good enough, he hasn't been good enough from start to finish of camp. He, yeah. he didn't have a great week couple first two weeks he had a better week last week against Minnesota and then he had a, he's had two good games but I think he needs to put it together and they and the coaching staff talked a lot about sort of like big picture intangibles and awareness of the game that he's that he needs to sort of grow in that way but but it sounds like they love is put him one-on-one -on -one and let him go off the edge he doesn't need any help at that so which is yeah. which might which might get you on the team uh who's gonna be the field goal kicker Someone that's not on this roster. Uh, I, I I see what you're doing there. There's a vet. There's lots of veterans available. Uh, okay, let's get into. Um, I want to get into. Unless you got anything else to add from the game, nah. it's, we're 43 minutes. I, in I thought the I, I thought the offensive line was good. I thought the running. I thought I think you just found the running backs just basically just sorted themselves out. There's no reason for Hassan Haskins to still be on this team, even without the alleged allegations and charges on his record. Even without that, he serves no purpose. There's there is someone else that can do 
what he does on special teams that serves a purpose elsewhere yeah. Yeah. outside of special teams. Another great use of a fourth round pick there. Yes. Uh, okay. So quarterbacks in the, in the NFL, and I, I, there's a philosophical question about what to do with rookies. And then there's like another philosophical question about what to do in the preseason, which Easton and I talked about on last week's episode. So I'm not going to go down that path. But Anthony Richardson has been named the starting quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. And over then turns around and doesn't even play in the preseason game. Does the not, one guy that needs reps. They, they did not play him. Uh, CJ Stroud played and was better in game two than game one. A lot of short passes had like one or two really nice throws, but otherwise has been kind of very just sort of dipping the toe into the offense for Houston. Bryce Young has just been beaten all to hell in two games, uh, but did play better in his second game. I just am concerned. At, I, I know it's his the same as the scouting report for him for his entire life. But like, God, I just, I hope he stays healthy his career because <laughs> I think he's going to yeah. be good if he stays healthy, but um, which, and of course Levis, and, and this is my, I want to, the question is sort of number one, what do you make of all the decisions in, in, especially in the AFC South? But I do think there's one way to look at quarterbacking young quarterbacks. I think if there is a glaring hole in their game, they should not be playing like, mm. like, like Malik Willis has a couple of glaring holes in his game if he was drafted as highly as some of these other guys so we're would talking you say about that Anthony Richardson has a glaring hole. Cause I would think that almost all these guys, except for Bryce young has a glaring hole in their game. So, so to me, no, which is why I think Stroud Richardson and young should play. That doesn't mean they're going to be good. It doesn't Not mean glaring be... enough. They may right. have a hole, but it's gotta be like, it's, it's, it's there's like there's like problems that they need to work out. They need to smooth yeah. out. There's, there's a learning curve. There's a growing curve. There's reps that they need. Etc. But kind of my feel is, is that mentally, if confidence, <laughs> if your confidence is shook because you play poorly, again, I use I'll use Cody uh, Kenny Pickett as an example. Last year in his first five starts, he didn't play for the first three games. Then he gets in the he gets in and he starts, and he throws. I think he had three touchdowns and like eight or nine interceptions in his first five games. Well, if that's what's going to ruin you, then you are not a starting quarterback in the NFL. Right, and it didn't ruin him. In his last eight starts, he threw one interception, and he got better. So I say all this to say that, and I think Will Levis, there's some hole, there's a hole in his game right now, which is sort of like that that accuracy, that that quick accuracy that he needs, and that's why I think the Titans are in a good situation to not have to play him this year. Whereas I think Richardson, Young, and Stroud, while there's going to be adversity and there's going to be mistakes, there's not a glaring hole, so you start them and you let them learn. That's my opinion. Oh, man, I don't know because, I mean, obviously, given that your alternatives, because the Titans are in a different situation. Your alternatives are Davis Mills and Gardner Minshew for those two teams, and it's Ryan Tannehill for the Tennessee Titans. Um, so that's a, that's a quite the difference. Now, let's say that Ryan Tannehill suffers an injury. I want Will Levis in there, not Malik Willis, even despite the the glaring holes that may be in his game. But I don't think he has any bigger glaring holes than those other two quarterbacks that you mentioned. I mean, C.J. Stroud's already starting to show his warts of being, not being able to handle pressure, uh, not being able to get in and out of the huddle. You know, he you know he he had a really good drive that only resulted in three points, and everybody's going crazy over it. Oh, here's this because because they don't want to remember the first drive. Where he gets a delay of game, then goes incomplete, incomplete, and they started the they started the drive on like the seven the yard one line. yard line. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they play a game on the one yard line, yeah. which is ridiculous, and then he goes incomplete, incomplete, and then he ends with a, a few incompletions as well. Five point yards 
a 5.0 yards per attempt, and I think he's up now to like 4.7 yards on the whole season <laughs> per attempt. He doesn't do well under pressure, and that was pretty much his starting offensive line this past week. Um, so we'll see how it goes into the to the regular season. But they obviously have to come out and build his confidence and get him in a rhythm with short throws because the, he's not going to be able to. Right. I, I think the game moves too fast for him to take advantage of the deep shot. On the flip side, Anthony Richardson, I didn't think looked – good enough to go ahead and name the starter uh, if you want to win games and develop him for a couple of weeks and maybe just keep getting him. I, I think throwing him in is fine. I don't, I don't mind it, but I think it's odd to name him the starter and not give him reps. Yeah, it was weird. I thought that's weird. That's so it, weird. And now it makes me wonder, are they even going to play him next week? If they don't play him next week, then you're talking about a guy that's getting, that had, hasn't yeah. had any game reps except for a handful, and he ha doesn't have an extensive college career to lean on like C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. Right. So to me, it's like they're totally kind of mishandling. Not It's not the mishandling of naming him starter. It's the mishandling of getting him ready to be the starter. Yeah, and I think there's a balance there too. Like if I'm the Panthers, I probably don't play Bryce Young. Like he's already taken. Enough oh yeah, you 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 put. put I, I don't want to. Yeah, I mean, save him for the regular season. I guess again, I think if if they if the Colts started Minshew for a couple of weeks, fine. I just think Anthony Richardson, the only way he's going to realize his potential is to be on the field because I just think he's too he's too big and physical. There's also a difference between going number two and number four and going number 33 in the draft. That's true and that, too. and that dictates potentially the couple of gaps in the game that Will Levis needs to work on and develop. And so again, it doesn't mean that the Titans can't take advantage of four games against rookie quarterbacks in the division this year. They probably should and will also not great rosters around those players, but I don't think there's the glaring, you know, ish, like the reason you go number two overall and number four overall doesn't mean it's the right choice, but the reason you go there in the draft is because people view your game as pretty holistic. It doesn't mean you're yeah. going to be great, but like, I, I just believe, and I, I think this in the SEC level too, this, the Bama quarterback battles going on right now. Like I, I, I if you, I, I, your body can be broken by getting put out there too early. See Bryce young, see David Carr for the Texans, maybe Stroud and Richardson, but I don't think your mental, I don't think you can be broken mentally. Your confidence, I don't. I think that's a garbage line. Oh, his confidence is going to be destroyed. Like I, I, that's I, well, not a thing. It's not a thing. I, you don't think it's a thing at all because you asked me no. earlier about the confidence that you opened the show with the confidence about Malik Willis and whether this affected his confidence or not. No, I didn't. I didn't ask about his confidence. Yes, you did. You said confidence twice, and you I asked about your day. confidence in him. I don't. Uh, have... You you made it sound like it came across a little bit different. You'll have to go back and listen. To okay, it then, it then came across then, a little me, bit different. Let me be very clear. I, I don't I don't even remember commenting about it. Malik Willis confidence doesn't same 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 analysis of Malik Willis. If that's Malik why Willis, I went into the thing is like I don't know how it affects his confidence because I don't think he has, you know, because he's so even kill and just happy to be here. I was asking I think I was asking about your confidence, but maybe yeah. I need to reword that. What I'm saying <laughs> is if you are a starting quarterback in high level college football, SEC or the NFL. Your body can be broken by have by facing adversity early in your career. If your confidence in yourself and your self motivation to succeed at this level is destroyed because you faced a little adversity early in your career, then you ain't the dude. You ain't right, QB1. But it can You're be not destroyed. A it can be destroyed. I I, th I think that your confidence and stuff can be destroyed. Sam Darnold saw ghosts 
all throughout his entire tenure at the Jets. And to me, what that me, says CJ is that can do that. To me, that's more about Sam Darnold not being the guy. Right. Sure, and I, but uh, that that is a part of why he's not the guy because he let the things break his confidence. So it, you can get your confidence broken, but the best of the best do not get their confidence broken. Yeah. And I think you, that's you the better way to put it. You ain't QB one, dude. That's my yeah. thought. Here, you ain't I want to say something about Anthony Richardson. He's the only quarterback that I've seen in a very long time that his completion percentage. At 58.3, by the way, under 60% in a preseason game, your quarterback won. Your, that is 58.3. Your adjusted completion percentage in week one, 58.3. It's the only time I've seen in a very long time that doesn't move at all. Identical. Usually it goes up because someone right. has, you know, it was a drop pass or something. No, he's just that inaccurate. And I'm we'll kind of glad that the Colts we'll are... <laughs> Colts are starting them right now and then not giving them any reps. It is weird. It is interesting. Uh, okay, let's let's get into national sports here to wrap up the show for a few minutes. And I think, like I saw Teresa Walker tweeting, I was tweeting with, with her about I, this. I saw as, that. That's what made as, me really start thinking about it. Well, and so I was asked by a bunch of, bu bunch of friends, like, who's the greatest athlete to ever come to play professional sport in Nashville? Oh, a lot of And that's an interesting, well, Wayne Gretzky played here for one game in 1999. Wayne Gretzky is head and shoulders above everyone else in his sport. So relative to their own sport, Wayne Gretzky is, in theory, the greatest to have ever played in Nashville. You've got Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, the number of quarterbacks that have come to town in the last 20 years is is it's hard to count. Uh, Messi's the greatest soccer player. That was player. Gretzky's last year, it was his right? Last, it was his last year. So is he, he played... still the greatest then? I mean, like... Yeah, Wayne Gretzky. Wing, the question is, again, this is all about how you define the right. question. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Because Tom Brady, I would argue, Tom Brady is not nearly as separate from the rest of the quarterbacks in the NFL as Wayne Gretzky is to the NHL. Even Messi, as the greatest soccer player of all time, there's other names that you might have a debate with him about. You know, like whether it's Pele or Ronaldo or whoever, there's like guys you could debate. But most agree it's it's largely Messi. Then there's the, the United States level of intrigue and importance and and sort of like Brady being and LeBron and Jordan being bigger than Wayne Gretzky or Lionel Messi in the United States, but not worldwide, where Messi is the, the biggest star in the world. Not bigger than Taylor opinion. Swift has more Instagram followers by 200 million. The, <laughs> the, the only the only reason I think Messi is in the United States and MLS is to get bigger than Jordan worldwide, because you cannot be the biggest athlete in the history of the world. If you do not conquer the United States market, the world cups coming in 2026. To me, this is all about him building up his legacy to dominate the U S market and then try to defend his world cup on American soil in 2026 and be the largest athlete in the history of the world, which right now would be Jordan probably ever of all time you think so because i think i think lionel messi right now is worldwide more popular than michael jordan i, I think if michael jordan had tiktok it'd be over <laughs> but he didn't so I, I think but but that's but do you have to take that into account that's context that's important like jordan is that popular without any social media at all which is pretty insanely impressive to to be honest with you so again how you frame it was it the greatest sporting event that's ever happened in this city. Well, I was at game six against Anaheim. Yeah. When, when, when the, the Preds beat the ducks, that was a bigger, I was a bigger moment in the city than, than Saturday night. A lot of big time playoff games. Music city miracles, probably at the top of the list. Do you of include course. the NFL draft in this? No, 
Because I saw people try to mm. include the NFL draft as a, I mean, because it is a, a sporting event. event. I nah. mean, technically. It's not an athletic uh, competition. Okay. Well, I mean, I just wondered if you include that because I, you know, to me, people I think are are conflating biggest with the crowd size. And, oh, and yes. I, I get yes. it. And I, I get it because that's what you immediately think of. You immediately think of the size. To me, I think this is one of the best Nashville sporting events I've watched ever. Uh, and I think it was very momentous for Nashville soccer club's place in the MLS and in the city of, of the sports in this city. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think, I think you just have to understand that Giannis came in, Reese Witherspoon's there, Beckham was there. I mean, Reese Witherspoon. Walked, I walked right past and, David Beckham. Yeah, I was about to say, they were there <laughs> among the people. They're not yeah. there in their yeah. press box, right? They were, yeah. they were out in the concourse, and Giannis no. was, you know, doing all this stuff just because Messi was coming into no, town. My, my, my wife and the other couple we went with, the two wives, were like, was that, did we just walk by David Beckham? Yeah. And, it, and me and my buddy were like, yes, it's David fucking Beckham. Who cares? I don't know. Like, to me, it's, 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 it was an epic moment in time for this city that I think it, I will always remember it because I'm like sitting there holding my breath, watching the TV during every penalty kick. Like, I haven't felt like that in a long time about any Nashville sport. And that would probably date back to the the Stanley cup and maybe uh, the moments in the, in the NFL playoffs. But really in those playoffs, the games have gotten so out of hand at certain point in time that it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I mean, I Crosby, Crosby we, lifted really, a cup here. Yeah. You know, to me, I, I think about the music city miracle and while that is a momentous moment in time, is that is is that the one of the biggest games? Like because it it got you into the playoffs and all this stuff, but like oh, it was a playoff game. You, you well, the, yeah, sorry, it was, it was the first round of the playoff game, but you go to the Super yeah. Bowl because of it. I think it's I think it's number one. I think you think it's, number, it's one. number one. So so again, it's how you define it. Like if you ask me, if I'm going to tell my kids about the moments in Nashville sports. Yeah. Like what are the first things that I think of in Nashville sports that are like just the biggest and kind of use very vague language, most incredible, most memorable, most enjoyable, favorite, most important, you know, you kind of put all that together. What, what, what my buddies and my wife and I got to see on Saturday night is going to be very quickly mentioned. It, it was one of the most memorable moments as a sports fan living in this town for 25 years. I predate the Titans and the predators. I went to the super bowl in 1999 like i've seen a lot of this stuff and i've been very lucky to do that to be at every single home game for the preds run to stanley cup minus one against st louis i went to every game game four against chicago is pretty memorable actually because it was like a party the last 10 minutes of that game where they clinched in the sweep but game six against anaheim is the loudest i've ever heard any sporting venue in town but this there was a this is diff this was different zach this was different. Oh, I you could tell on the TV it was different. People, I've never. First of all, they shot off fireworks for a road team. Never seen that before. Never seen it. The crowd went absolutely nuts when Messi scored his, his goal, and it was like right in front of us. And I look over at my wife. We both were just like, "Holy fucking shit!" <laughs> like, it was just nuts. And the place goes bananas, and they're cheer like we are cheering for Messi. Like there was like a yeah, like Nashville SC people wearing SC gear, SC kits, SC hats cheering Messi. They shoot fireworks off in their road stadium during a League Cup final for an opportunity to win a piece of silverware for the first time in franchise history. 
It goes to penalty kicks, and the keepers have to go. It's 11 rounds of penalty kick drama. Uh, from a athletic performance, dramatic standpoint, electricity of the crowd, the focus of the world, and the talent of the elite athlete on the other side. If you put all that together, it is very hard for me to come up with something better. The only two moments that I think I would describe as bigger and better are the Music City Miracle because football matters so much more to Americans and game six of the Preds going clinching to go to the Stanley Cup final. Like, I just think those three are the three that I think of. And then Saturday night. And it's like, I it was just the, the energy. And I mean, people are wearing messy jerseys and Nashville SC hats and scarves. Like, I, I just, I, I've never seen anything like it. I've never felt anything like it. It was just, I can't believe they're wearing scarves. I mean, well, my not, wife, my wife, my wife wore the scarf, but she wore the, uh, the athletic summer scarf, gotcha. you know, like the, uh, it's that, I, that, that I, lightweight I think stuff. that it's at least in the top three. I mean, at the very least, um, I've never seen anything like it. it, it right. And, and I've I, never... and I, I think, I think you're going to get more eyes on the Nashville SC. So it's up for, it's up to the team to now there are only five points if i'm not mistaken five points out of second place right the team has to live up to the momentum they just created because yes. yes. they almost beat Messi. like they were should, so they should have they should have beat muktar's muktar's pass to yeah to uh, was it shuffleberg i think on yeah. the outside oh that was yeah uh, i think it was Surridge, uh, if i'm not mistaken um <laughs> that yeah that should have happened but also ah. i think that if they had a different goalie things may have also came yeah. out different i was a little yeah. Uh, hey, but, he made the, he made the he he didn't play a great game, but he made the big save on the fifth round of the penalty yeah. kicks where that ha, where you had to have it to advance. Had to have it. He made it. So he it was it. the drama was just off the charts. It was off the charts. To, to me, it's like now you've gotten all these people talking about it now for a couple of days. I you agree. had it. You th the game lived up to its billing of being exciting, being competitive. Now you got to get your asses in gear. You got Sam Sturridge. You got to get up there, and you got to yep. go and get into the playoffs and carry this momentum while you got it. You caught lightning in a bottle. Now you got to fucking use it. Uh, I mean, like guys like Tim Tebow and Peyton Manning played at Vanderbilt, right? A lot of great SEC quarterbacks came through that are historically epically great. But like, I can't remember a, a an individual capturing the entire city before the game trying to get tickets, right? Like, capturing fans on both sides, right? Because yes, like, when Tom Brady yes. comes, like, oh, it's just Tom no, Brady's no. coming, right? I mean, like, it's nothing special. Nobody's, besides Patriot fans, no Titans fans right. come thinking, oh, this, the, I got to see Tom Brady. The only thing I can remember that kind of is comparable is I went to the All-Star game that was at City Field for, for the New York Mets because I'm a big Mets fan, and Matt Harvey was starting. And as it turned out, my brother and I were there, and as it turned out, it was Mariano Rivera's final All-Star game. In his final season, he announced he was retiring, and he comes out at City Field, which is a rival stadium, right to the to the to the uh, to the Yankees, and he comes out to enter Sandman, and they play the whole thing, and he comes out, and like he gets kind of a standing ovation from Mets fans mm -hmm. as like a hat tip to like the greatness that he has, right. and that's sort of how it felt, like that's how it felt. But like again, in the city, people at my wife's office are like, "Hey, do you have tickets? Can you get tickets? Are we getting everybody's tickets? wanting tickets? Like nobody, I've never, and if you go, I bet you if you do this too." If you do dollar figure for regular face value ticket to price paid for ticket, because my tickets were 16 bucks a piece mm -hmm. and I could have sold them for about 700. Yeah. I'm willing to bet you that percentage increase in value for any other sporting event is not, not comparable. So oh, I, I agree. Uh, none that has been in Nashville at least now 
Are are we bigger soccer fans than the average person? Probably. Are we maybe are we inflating a League's Cup tournament, which is the first year of this tournament? I don't know. Maybe not. It was really important for SC to have won that game because if they win that match, they win their first trophy and they are the best team on the continent. That's what it's supposed to be, is Mm -hmm. the best team on North America. And it was a pretty huge dramatic stakes and performance and moment and um, one I'll never forget. So we'll see what happens. I agree with you. We walked out of the stadium and we were talking and it was like, now they need to turn this into points in the regular season and make yep. a run at the MLS Cup Championship because they were not playing good soccer before the tournament. They went and hired a $6 million striker to play atop the formation, and now you're playing great in the tournament. You need to use it and springboard into the rest of the season. So Exactly. There you go. I, I completely agree with you. I, I, asked a, I asked a guy who's been around a long time about this question, and he said he watched Bo Jackson play in AAA in Memphis. I was like, okay, that, he's like, that's the best athlete I've ever seen play in the state of Tennessee. I was like, okay, that's fair. Like, Bo Jackson's pretty sick. Like, okay. Um, he's not a huge soccer fan, so I had to explain what Messi was all about to him. Uh, and he goes, I saw Michael I saw Michael Jordan play in, against the Smokies in Knoxville in AAA baseball. I said, that doesn't count. It's baseball. Yeah. If it was Michael Jordan playing basketball, then sure. Right. <laughs> but that doesn't, that doesn't count. Uh, maybe if you watched track back in the day and you watched Wilma Rudolph at TSU, that might count. That, yeah. that might count. But I was... Negative 45 when that was taking place. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I count that. Otherwise, uh, Sinker's Beverages, Kingston Group. Thank you, guys. Make sure you check out uh, Bluegrass Beverages up in Hendersonville. Keep your eyes peeled for all the information about the Beer Fest coming up. It's going to be a ton of fun celebrating 50th anniversary of that re- that store up there. Uh, proud sponsor of Football and Other F-Words, of course, with you and Herndon coming up this week. So check that out. Stackingtheinbox.com as well. Um, you can get to me at Braden Gall on Twitter. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying X. I will never say X. I'm not doing it. Follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. For Zach Lyons, I am Braden Gall. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you guys on Thursday. Have a good one.